Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paddler's Playbook, a kayak fishing experience. Brought to you by Mariner Sales, providing the largest selection of kayaks and kayak accessories since 1975. Real sportswear, get out on the water and wear what the guides wear. Galveston Redfish Series, the largest, most affordable redfish series on the Gulf Coast. Sign up today. Pure Fishing, home to the world's most trusted fishing brands. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle with your host, Drew Turner. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you live from the Mariner Sales Studios here in Conroe, Texas. If you live in Texas, you are still boiling. I know we had a tropical storm move its way through California, and they got some rain. We had a tropical storm come south in Texas, uh, Corpus Christi area and stuff. They got a little bit of rain, but we got nada here in Conroe. I mean, it may have been three drops of rain. It's been 107, 106. They're moving the kids' football games back to 7.30 starts for freshmen and everything, so... Guys, it is freaking hot. It is hot, hot. My air conditioner is barely taking a break. Sometimes I just turn my air conditioner off just to give it a break for a little bit because it is literally running 24-7 because it is so hot right now. And I've been so busy building rods. Again, I haven't got out on the water very much lately at all. But luckily... My guest co-host that you guys are going to hear in a minute, he's been out on the water very recently, and our interviewee, you guys have heard Nick on the show before, Beznick, the Marsh Ninja, he's always great to have on. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about the transition between summer and you know a fall pattern that's coming up for the redfish. We're going to talk a little bit about the redfish fly like if you want to start to get into fly fishing for redfish and we've talked about that a little before but I mean that's something that you could probably talk for three four or five hours and do an episode about that but guys I have some huge news that I'm going to drop in the next probably the next two episodes um, there's going to be some big changes I think you guys are really going to like it. Everyone who already subscribes to the Paddler's Playbook, you guys are going to love what is coming up in the next few weeks. If you don't subscribe, make sure you subscribe right now. That way you don't miss any of the news and you don't miss what is coming. It's going to be awesome. If you like catching redfish, you are really going to enjoy what is coming up for the Paddler's Playbook, and I can't tell you the rest. Can't tell you the rest, but it's coming. It's coming. You guys are going to hear about it very, very soon. But before we hear about that, Jess, what we got going on with all of our sponsors. These summer months have been relentless, and with temps continuously soaring into the 100s, our kayak and fishing equipment is bound to break down a wear out. 
It's a good thing Mariner Sales has everything you need to get you back on the water under that scorching sun. Replacement parts for all the big names, Hobie, Old Town, Bonafide, and more. Tie-downs breaking down, dry bags dry-rotted, that's okay too. Mariner Sales can help you replace those as well. So while we admire your grind out there on the water, make sure your equipment can go just as hard as you with Mariner Sales. And while you're out there ensuring your equipment is protected and working at its best, Real Sportswear wants to make sure you're protected. Made for the crowd that lives under the sun, their fishing apparel offers moisture wicking to keep you cool and UPF 50 plus sun protection to make sure you're able to perform on the most brutal summer days. So log on to realsportswear.com and beat that summer heat today. That is it for me, bro staff. I am Salt Side Jess, and I will see you in the air conditioning. Thank you so much, Jess, for all of the news and notes from all of our sponsors. Guys, it's, uh, like I said in the intro, it, it, it's, it's really, really hot outside. I haven't done a whole lot of fishing. But I know my man, Joey, just was on the water. I know my man, Besnick, is on the water. So I had to bring in Joey today, guys. You heard him on the last episode. He's my guest co-host today. We are about to grill the Marsh Ninja Besnick about fly fishing from the kayak again. Guys, how have you been doing, and how has it been to actually get out on the water? Joey, I'll start with you first. How has the water been? I haven't seen it in so long. Is it still like pretty wet? Like what is the water like right now? <laughs> Bro, it's beautiful. Um, you know, the whole reason I initially started out kayak fishing was because it is so peaceful. And secondly, to get out there and catch some fish. Um, the majority of my kayak fishing these days is with heroes on the water. As Nick knows, he's, he's uh, one of our volunteers, but it feels so good every time you launch. And you paddle out, see that sun rising. It's so beautiful. And if you're able to hook into some fish, hey, that's just a plus. Nick, what about you? Yeah, same thing. So, uh, you know, fishing for me has been very early, uh, probably right 30 minutes, 40 minutes before sunrise because it, it's cooler, right? Who likes the heat nowadays? If you find me that person, send me a message. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I try to get out as early as possible. I literally will fish for maybe like uh, 6 a.m. or so till about 9 a.m. and then off the water. It's mostly out of respect for the fish, too, because it's really hot. They get, you know, pressured and stuff, and I don't want to bother them too much. But, um, yeah, so getting out early as much as possible. You don't need to spend all day on the water. Just get out there, enjoy the birds, enjoy the fish, enjoy the serenity, and have a good time. Well, I'm glad you said birds because you were talking about how nice and peaceful it is. It's even nice and peaceful. The birds ain't even flying. Like the <laughs> birds are like, it's too damn hot. They're hunkered y'all are down. crazy. Like the birds are looking at y'all like, look at these fools out here in the middle Drew. of this heat in the water. They're not like, even flying away. On? They're not even flying away. They're just looking at you like scared. this stupid guy. You know, what is he doing? They're just they're just sitting there like looking at you as you yeah. paddle by. Yeah. They're not moving. They're like, it is too hot <laughs> to even be scared right now. I'm yeah. just gonna sit here. These guys do not look like a threat to me. Um, 
You mentioned uh, a real sportswear. You had to throw on your real sportswear. Oh, I had to this. represent Andrew. Andrew's an awesome guy. Great. You know what? It helps I'm out so- in the heat. Like hey, look, it helps out in the heat. I have to tell you, um, I got one of the hoodie shirts, the new ones. Um, you got the new Pro Plus hoodie. He, oh, not because it's real sportswear. Not because I know Andrew. I have fallen in love with that hoodie. I took it to Mexico. I use it exclusively. It was absolutely amazing and you're not affiliated with real sportswear at all no, just not so, a, just so not everybody knows no nope. besnick started to wear real sportswear mm-hmm. because he heard about it on the show he was yeah. able to kind of meet andrew at the fishing show and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then he just fell in love with it and i just got a text message from a bro staff member the other day he's like hey dude i got a bunch of shirts from real sportswear now i need a hat like which hats are the coolest because it's freaking hot out here and i need some cool hats and i was like well do you want to look good or you mean like cool like you want it to (laughs) be cold and i was like well i can only tell you about this this type of hat which is the the green one that has the redfish on it and he's got Mm -hmm. the spoon one too i only tell you about this one because the foamies are nice but with my bald head, dude, I cannot wear foamies all day fishing because the whole back of my head. Oh, yeah, there, there you go, go, Joey, too. Hey, Joey's the same. I'm the whole close. back of I'm my close. head, I'll have lines and everything everywhere with the foamies. So I got to kind of yeah. wear a, yeah. a full hat. But he hit no. me up and he said he needed one. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I wore one of them and I started wearing another one. I started buying it here and there. And I was just like, wow, great product. I really, really like it. It's almost feel like you're not wearing anything at all yeah they're they're really light they're really durable. super light and i i like the pocket in the front too i'll drop a few flies in there you know if i change out and just don't want to drop them on the deck of my kayak or wherever i'm at doesn't matter you know the all only right. time i've heard of real sportswear is because of the paddler's playbook so i go. have i gotta give them a look because right now i'm wearing a pga tour uh shirt <laughs> that i wear while i'm golfing and i've, I've never uh i've never put on any uh, uh real sportswear yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Joey, I have to tell you, there's a there was another two guides at Heroes on the Water, Matagorda, on the last trip that had a real sportswear shirt on. Yeah, it seems like it's becoming really popular. Yep, yep. Yeah, they have them right there at Matagorda Outfitters too. Yeah, do they they do. Wanna, if you yep. want to grab one, yeah, you can grab one. At, they got a they got a section there at Matagorda Outfitters. Ah, I, I well, would say I'd bring you one, but Joey, you're like two and a half sizes smaller than me, so it would be like a parachute. <laughs> like it, you could wear it and you could see the fabric, but it's it's you're gonna have a big V. What do you mean, on. Drew? What do you mean you measure Joey now? What's going on? <laughs> I, I'm just I could just look at people and know these. Oh, you're one of those guys. Smaller. I got oh, you. Yeah. oh Profi- yeah, you're a profiler. I get it. Well, because I've been through all the sizes. I've been through large, <laughs> extra large, and now two X. Like I know I know what that looks like. I've been through them all. Uh, I've been there and done that. But let, let's talk a little bit about some kayak fly uh-huh. fishing. And the first word in that was kayak. Now, last time you were on the show, I believe all you were you were rolling with was the Diablo and you were thinking about some other options. Yeah. But I know you have added to your fleet. And just tell me what you have added to your fleet and what characteristics in those kayaks that you've added were appealing to you as a fisherman who is mainly throwing the fly? Right. So my most recent purchase was the Hobie Lynx, which I immediately fell in love with. I mean, 
I took a test ride in Rockport on one. And within 10 minutes of being on that thing, dragging it through super shallow water, just putting it through the test, right? Everything you can, standing up, casting, whatever it was, I knew right away. When I returned the kayak to Matt, actually, in, in uh, Rockport. Shout out to Matt Murphy. Yeah, Matt Murphy. What's up, man? You're the best. Anyway, uh, I called the kayak shop from my truck and said, I'm coming to get it. And oh, by the nice. way, it was the only one in the whole state of Texas I could find. I had to drive to San Angelo to get it. Jesus. Yeah, and I, I went, and then they happened to have another one, so I bought both of them. But I flipped the second one. They, I mean, well, I, you're a businessman. You're hey, like, I mean, I love I, it this much. I'm gonna flip it. <laughs> I, I made a little money just to get one rib. <laughs> just one rib. Put just it in rib. my hand. So put it in my hand. Just one sip. But anyway, uh, that was my recent purchase. I've been using it exclusively for the past year. I still have my Diablo Chupacabra. I have the Amigo. And I also now have the NRS Heron inflatable um, paddleboard, which is another. It's great. You pack it up. It weighs 30 pounds and travel anywhere you want with it. Well, what is it about the Lynx that's so appealing, though? Like, Man, low profile, super stable. It goes into extremely skinny water which you know i like to go way in the back yeah you People get like way, get way 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 in the back and i'm dragging through inches of water and it's just it weighs what 46 pounds without the seat and the drive with the seat and the drive it weighs like maybe 50 something pounds max 60 so Are overall you... huh? oh go ahead go ahead now, i was gonna say overall for what i'm doing it works out perfect now I would think that the drive being right there in front of you would be a hindrance. Are you only casting when the drive is pulled out with the fly or is it, is it far enough back where it's when you're stripping, it's not getting tangled up or, or how do you navigate that? The drive is always in. And so when I'm in really skinny water, I just, you know, separate the pedals where the, the fins are flush with the, bottom mm -hmm. of the kayak so i'm going through skinny stuff but in between the the one of the pedals and and the seat there's enough room there i could just strip my line straight down okay will it hang over you know the pulls where you go reverse and that it, it sometimes will go there but i've had almost zero issues with it at all and so real quick to the non uh fly fishing guy which is me stri <laughs> stripping the line explain that nick so let's say your line's ready to cast out you got all your line on the deck now you're making the cast you make your 30 40 50 for however far you cast it now what you're doing is about 20 feet right now that's okay, all i got i got you, 20 good feet it's all i can <laughs> with it's actually 19 and a quarter but we won't get there but anyway <laughs> uh so now you you know you're you got your line triggered and you're stripping the line back in right you're you're pulling your fly and you're stripping it straight down in between you and the pedals and uh, I thought it was going to be a big problem, but that that test ride on Matt Murphy's uh, links proved to me that, no, it's not going to be an issue. Or if it was going to be a major issue, I would have never bought it. I would have never invested in it. But it has been really – you guys can go to my Instagram, Nick Fly Fishing, and check it out. You will see what I'm doing on that kayak. Now, do you feel like you have to change – that you change the way that you strip from normally to go straight down so that wouldn't happen so do you feel like you adjusted 
a little uh, bit compared to like really. when you're on the yeah. chupacabra or anything? Yeah, well, chupacabra, wide open deck, so I can throw the line in any direction, mm-hmm. literally. But it's almost like on a Lynx, it's almost or on a Hobie with a pedal drive. It's almost like stripping in a strip basket. So they have these baskets where you strip your line in them. So if the wind's blowing and your line's not going off all over the place, mostly on skiffs, you'll see the stripping baskets. But uh, no, not really at all. Just a small little adjustment. You know, focus on an area to drop your line and you're good to go. I I attempted. I took my fly rod out. It was probably like four trips ago. And I was like, <laughs> I got the text. I got the text through. <laughs> Look, I was ready. I was ready to catch a redfish that day. Yeah. And I caught two redfish with conventional gear. And then I'm like, all right, here comes the fly. I got the fly line out. And there was just this big ugly that was nose down and didn't care about Ooh. nothing around. So I was like, all right, this will be a good chance to like have some real world I'm not out in my front yard casting at the mailbox and stuff like that. This will be a good chance for this because I'm not going to really spook this big old drum. Like, it's probably not going to eat my fly, but I'm also not going to spook it away. I'm actually going to get some chances at it. Man, I was better off going into the windup and throwing that damn fly rod at 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 the drum. When yeah. the wind starts blowing in your face and your kayak's moving and you're moving, like if you're not staked down, I don't, I don't see how you guys do it. I've, I guess I just have to get a lot more practice doing it in the driveway or doing it like down the road or down at the lake or, or, or something like that before I get out there and try it in a, a real world scenario. Cause I already get too hyped up just you know with what, conventional gear. You know what it is, Drew? It's, it's just getting out and just doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep going out. Eventually, it's just going to be like you're doing anything else. It'll be now, like did, second nature. Did you start off fly fishing for redfish, or did you start off fly fishing in a different avenue and just transition that over to redfish? Right. I first started fly fishing for bass when I first started out. I don't know if you remember the story, but uh, I ran to Walmart from a friend's uh, pond because the bass were jumping out of the water, grabbing uh, dragonflies, and they weren't touching anything else on conventional gear. Nothing. No crankbait, plastic worms. I ran over for 25 bucks, bought me a, a rod, set it up, didn't know what I was doing, started casting. My buddy goes, oh, my God, you're a natural. I'm shut up. Let me get this out. <laughs> Before that popper hit the water, bass came out and just annihilated it. So I was doing bass bluegill just mainly bass and then eventually uh, i think you guys may have heard the story but my first saltwater fish on a fly rod was a mullet (laughs) hey valid straight up Mm -hmm. eat in the mouth and then i started doing it and i i got uh i figured out how to catch mullet basically you you were a mullet fisherman for a while i am the mullet master (laughs) look it up you just saw a big raft of mullet. You Joey, 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 next time I see you, I don't want to hear, hey, Nick, how you doing? I want to say, hey, mullet master, how are you? How's it going? Instead of the marsh ninja, it's the yeah. mullet master. I, I created, like There's a theme I, here. I created a small fly and everything, and 
uh, in Tampa, I have a friend who owns a fly shop, and he actually coined that phrase, man. He goes, nobody catches mullet like you do. And he goes, <laughs> nobody catches mullet, period. <laughs> but it, it's a sport in uh, in Great Britain, in Japan. It's, it's a big sport, by the way, if you look it up. Catching mullet? Yeah, mullet is a huge thing. And these mullet, like in Florida, they're 20-plus inch. I mean, they're are, huge. Are they eating those mullet that are that big, or can they not keep them once they get to a no, certain? They, no, they eat them. They eat them. They, uh, I they think eat the in, big ones? Yeah, I think in Tampa there's a big thing about smoked uh, smoked mullet. I've had mullet before. I've had well, mullet before. I've never. After catching them and smelling them, I'll never eat a mullet. <laughs> they're not that bad. The ones I don't in know. Florida aren't that bad. I mean, the water's so much more. It's so much clearer. And, I mean, heck, they're eating. They're eating something because they're getting your fly they're not filter feeding that much and well i mean i'm sure they're filter feeding so so but we fried them up and ate them yeah i i I don't know if i tried maybe it all depends uh it tastes bad and so uh to get back to your question where i transitioned was when i first got my chupacabra i started going down to the coast and that's when i transitioned into the redfish scene and man it it just got me bad so this may not be, I don't know, is this common knowledge? It, it may not pertain exactly to you, but is it easier to learn throwing like a three-weight or a five-weight compared to throwing a seven or eight or a nine-weight like most people on the coast? Or is there is there even a difference? If you can, if you can throw a seven-weight well, you could throw a three-weight well. Or yeah, you can throw a three yeah. weight. You can throw yeah. a ten weight. Like, yeah. is there any, you know, uh, logic uh, to that? If I took a three weight, for example, and I put on a huge, you know, shrimp fly, you're gonna have a hard time because the rod's got a lot of flex. It's not as stout as a eight weight, for example. Which you know, eight weight all around for the coast is all you need. Um, let's say no wind conditions at all. You could throw an eight. You could throw a three weight and a really small shrimp fly and you could probably catch redfish all day long. But ideally, ideally you want something stout and strong that can hook up that redfish, get that fly out. You're going to have wind. I fish in winds 20 miles an hour plus when I go down to Mexico and you know, you're casting eight, nine weights there, 10 weights for tarpon and, and jacks and things like that. But a weight overall, yeah, and there is a big difference. You don't want to stress out the fish trying to fight them on a three weight, which, I mean, it's it's a super light rod. I don't want but to call it ultra light, but it's pretty close. But there's no difference in the mechanics you use no, between no. casting a three weight, a five weight, or no. a seven weight. If you can cast a a seven or eight weight just fine, then stick with that because I keep I I'm making all kinds of excuses for myself because I'm like, well, you got this eight weight like maybe you just need to get a five weight and you'll be a better you'll be better it, it's just because i don't practice enough no I'm, try, it, it, I'm trying to find any any workarounds i can it it is all about practice literally i went out with a buddy of mine and he was just learning right so i went out on his skiff can i can i say his name yeah reggie chopper the man great photographer great fisherman all around he's been on the show yeah he has been on the show and uh so we go on the boat and he starts casting his rod and the lines kind of, I said, here, grab my rod. He grabs my rod and he makes perfect cast. He goes, what's the difference? I said, not really. It's the rod because it is the rod too, but it's the line. 
the line makes a huge difference. You can't use some cheap old lineman. You'll get some horrible casts out of it. You got to use a good stiff line. Well, not stiff line. I don't want to say that. I don't want to get into line dynamics. It's too much. But the line makes a difference. If you're going to try to skimp out on your line and get a nice rod, you're going to have some not bad casts, but you're not going to get what you want. Well, what's so a good what, line? Yeah, what, or just a price point. Like, what's right, a good so, line that you use or a good – price point that if if you have the means you would say hey yeah don't buy a line under this because yeah be garbage. don't buy a line under 1999 <laughs> don't buy a line under 30 bucks and you'll find really good line for 40 bucks but you know the really good line you're going to see it at 70 80 90 plus i primarily use all Cortland line i'm on the pro team uh, i think you remember that so I use their line. I, I actually really love their line. I use a clear taper, all-around tape. I use all their lines. I have uh, – I because I Euro-Nymph 2 uh, in Rivers for Trout, I use that line. So try to <laughs> Joe, – Joey's face, whenever you said Euro-Nymph, he just was like, so, what in the, what in the world is he here, talking I'm about? Over here, I'm over here Googling as you guys are talking. I was about to say, <laughs> Joey, you better be taking notes, man. This is a freebie oh. right here. Oh, definitely. So, so so anyway, do your research online. Go to CourtlandLine.com. Check them out. Check out the lines. There's, uh, primarily, they are, man, they've been in business for over 100 years. They make braid, fly line, tippet, everything. So, and there's other products out there. Anyone can look them up, but just don't skimp out on the line. Make sure you're getting really good line. That's it. Are you are you using floating line or yes, sinking line? Yes, floating line. Floating line. If I get into a situation where I'm getting deeper water, I'll just get a sink tip and tie it on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how deep you going? Uh, floating line's fine. Your 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 leader and your tippet could be a fluorocarbon. It'll sink fast enough for what are you looking for. If you're going in super deep water, yeah, you want to get something with a sink tip. How what is super deep water to you though? Oh man, that's got to be like twenty feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're 10, throwing 10, fly, 20 feet. You're throwing a fly in 10, 20 feet of water? Uh, if I Can I mention Mexico? You can mention if, whatever if, you... If, if we're going... Look, you uh, already talked about Euro Nymphin and everything else. You can mention whatever you want. They call me the Euro Nymphomaniac. But anyway, like in Mexico, for example, because I don't fish deep water in Texas. I'm always fishing the skinny Mars stuff. You're talking about a foot or less, maybe two, three feet. It all depends where I'm at. But like in Mexico, you're in deep water. You'll see 10 feet water. There's permit. There's jacks. There's all tarpon swimming around. You're going to be in deep, uh, in deep water. So, again, a fluorocarbon leader. You got a big heavy fly on there, right? And it'll go down fast enough as fast as you need it. You are in situations where, where you're in the marsh. You're in about two feet of water, three feet. And you need a fly with heavy eyes heavy lead eyes or whatever to get it down right in their face it's got to get down quick so sometimes line doesn't even play a role the fly line is floating the leader sinks and the fly is taking that down i think some people and i know me being you know i'm one of those people but whenever i you watch someone throwing a fly in front of a red fish and you watch the videos and everything and you see them stripping the line and you see the action on top, you you want to always think that if you're throwing a fly line, you're throwing a popper 
or you're throwing something on top of the water. Yeah. Um, because you're seeing that's where you're seeing the action whenever yeah, you see the yeah, videos. Yeah. But like you're saying, you're in you're fishing like what a seven eight foot leader sometimes or yeah or... I'll, I'll fish a nine foot rod eight foot rod i'm always fishing like a maybe seven eight feet and you don't even need one that long for the marsh it's just not necessary but it's it, it depends on the action what kind of layout you want on the fly what kind of fly you're throwing so so uh you made me think of something i forgot oh if you're throwing a gurgler which is a top water fly or you even throwing a popper on, on the yeah, gur gurgler, or you throw in even a popper, right? They have mm -hmm. deer hair divers and poppers and all kinds of stuff you can throw for redfish. Uh, I usually don't throw those at all. Now, for Jackson stuff, yeah, popper, and you're throwing like a 10, 11, or 12 weight, and you're just stripping the heck out of that thing as hard as you can, creating all kinds of hell on top of the water to get that fish to hit. But uh, like I said, what fly are you using? You need to get down to the bottom because that fish is there. We'll get a fly with heavy, uh, heavy weighted eyes. Get it down. You're fishing mid column. You can have a fly that goes down mid column. You're fishing upper column. Uh, uh, you know, faster strips, slower strips. Keep it up high. Keep it down low. It's all technique. Everything falls down to technique. So give me your top three. If you're going out tomorrow. What are your top three patterns you're taking for redfish oh, right man. now? Hot oh, as balls. You're in skinny, skinny water. I just, you just be three. Ready. You That's better it. be ready. You only take three. I'm not gonna know what they are anyway. I know you're not. I mean, I only know I only know a few, but some They're, kind of shrimp pattern, I'm guessing. Uh, oh, okay. So first of all, Joey's we, taking notes. Joey, hold it up a little higher. <laughs> I want to see what you actually right now. I'm just joking. He, Listen. Listen, gurgler, <laughs> gurgler. <laughs> so look, my top three flies. Now, uh, I want to remind you of something. I have been using this particular series of flies for the past two years or so exclusively. Go on anywhere you want on social media, find me, and you will see that fly in that redfish's mouth. Okay. The first fly is called, by the way, is developed and tied by John Wood, Jay Wood Fly Fishing. You could look him up on Instagram. Okay. The first one is the scimitar shrimp. And by the way, all these flies are virtually weedless. If you get a weed hooked up, it's probably on your knot to your hook to the fly. It's called a scimitar shrimp, virtually weedless. It is my number one go-to fly. A redfish will almost entirely eat a shrimp no matter what. Now, are there different are there different colors in this pattern, or is yeah, it specific? Yeah, yeah. So okay. there's there's tan and white. There's white, tan, and chartreuse. There's purple and black. Um, I prim I primarily use uh, tan and white. Tan and white. Tan a, and a white. More a more natural. A more natural. Color. Yeah, absolutely. More natural. Um, I have John tie me what I want. So. I have them mostly in tan and white. You can get them tied in white. Chartreuse is good. Little strip of chartreuse always helps in anything you fish with. Um, the second fly is a scimitar baitfish, which we don't like it to call it a baitfish, but it's like the shrimp, but it has big eyes. It looks like a baitfish, tan and white. What does that so, mimic? What does that mimic? A croaker. Why don't you want to call it a baitfish? I don't know. It just sounds like. 
Lake Livingston fishing for catfish. I was gonna say, like, is it too bougie? Like, are y'all too bougie to call something a bait fish pattern? Yeah, yeah. It's like you got to make up these fancy names for a scimitar. Scimitar. What is it? It's a shrimp. It's a scrimp. It's a. So uh, the the bait fish pattern, black and purple, has been crushing those bull reds, man. Just crushing them. Oh, they love it. All right, give me one more. All right, the I other need, one. I need another one. The other one is the scimitar boogie crab. It's also weedless. And what those, makes it boogie? Oh, dude, that that thing is completely weedless, and the legs on it, the way they're positioned and everything, when it's going through the water, the redfish cannot resist. And like I said, weedless, what virtually color? weedless. Oh, um, it could be like a uh, like a blue crab color, right? Or like a reddish rust color with a little purple in it. Just kind of mix it up. I've got all kinds of blue, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, white legs with orange tips, just whatever is working, whatever's going. All kinds of patterns, all kinds of colors. So you, you're you throwing a shrimp imitation, which sounds... Primarily. Yeah. You're throwing a bait fish imitation and you're throwing a crab imitation. Yep. And I mean, exclusively, exclusively this scimitar series for the past two years or so. So if you're not able to get into the scimitar series and the stuff like okay, okay. you're using, what is the common stuff that you can go just pick up at Bass Pro Shop? Like what? Oh, what no, mean? no, no. We won't say Bass Pro Shops on this podcast, my friend. <laughs> So, oh no no! We will um, say that the you fly can trap pick up at we, the fly trap. We will say the in fly Rockport. trap in Rockport, yes. Texas. Go to Chris and say, "Get me hooked up with some redfish crack, with a kung fu crab, with a shrimp at whatever's working out there." There's this there there's so many the, the seducer. There's so many out there. Uh, you can look up top five or top ten uh, redfish patterns for the Texas coast, and you can find them anywhere. Well, we but don't yes, want to look trap. it up. That's what we want to ask you. The fly trap. Chris Fowler. Shout out to my boy. Yeah, and we have an episode with, with Chris, too, if you go mm-hmm. back in the archives. And yeah. I'm sure he talked about it on that. Yeah. And I just yeah. I didn't listen yeah. well enough to remember exactly. Go down to Rockport. As as and- he, he, likes, he likes the seducer. I know he likes the seducer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but because th- go- there's just... Why why is fly fishing stuff so sexualized? <laughs> I mean, we got Euro nymphs, we got bougie, seducers, bougie, we got baby. strippers, we got gurglers, like there's all kinds of stuff. It, it's if just, you've got you know, a dirty mind, like fly fishing, the just the lingo will take you off on some internet searches that'll get you in trouble with your wife. Drew, listen, Joey, you, you gotta listen to this one. If I can get on my kayak in a suit with hip high rubber boots on and no one laughs. I do it. That's how bougie it is. <laughs> <laughs> Just hip high rubber boots. Just hip high rubber boots with a suit on a little what do you call a little Kango cat? <laughs> Kango. Kango cat. Man, you could tell you were in New York in the eighties, weren't you? Oh you yeah, were, man. You Break were in dance. New York. Break Did you have a big Grandmaster Flash rope had, chain and a Kango? Had, dude, we were breakdancing on the corner in cardboard and parachute pants. We were getting down. People throwing money at us. Now we, you know, we didn't expect that, but we started making something of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, yeah, so, we got to get him dancing at the next Heroes on the Water event, Joey. We got oh to get him break. Da- that no, will no, be the lunch I'll do it on entertainment. The 
I'll do it on the links. Oh, it's on so the links. It's so stable, man. So if anyone wants to find out, go to your local fly shop. Go to your local fly shop. Find one. Go in there and get the five best redfish flies they recommend. Everyone's going to tell you something different, but the ones I mentioned are pretty much what you're going to find. All right. So real quick, I am taking notes. Uh, number one, I got the John Wood Fly Fishing Scimitar Shrimp Tan and White. Yeah, J Wood Fly Fishing at J Wood Fly Fishing on Instagram. At J Wood Fly Fishing. All yeah. right, that's a shrimp imitation. Shrimp, crab, and let's call it a bait fish for the podcast. Yep. Number two, I missed. Number three, I got the Scimitar Boogie Orange Tips. Yeah. Boogie what was crab. number? What was number two? Number two was the bait, uh, Scimitar Bait Fish. Gotcha. And, now, go John, talk, and go John's going to gonna kill me. John's going to kill me. Rock yeah, rock. yeah. John's going to kill me because he told me another name and I can't remember. So, oh, look, look at, look at that, Drew. Look at that. Oh, he's he's taking notes. Yeah. Oh, he's man. way better than me. Hey, you're getting an invoice. I'm already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a constant learner. I, I, I love That's to, good. I love to soak up information and That's then good. try to apply it. What's the best way to practice? Best way to practice, literally, if you can't make it out to the water, is just get in your lawn and just start casting. Just start casting. Watch videos on YouTube, University of YouTube. You can learn anything watching that. I did tell you, Joey, when you're ready, we can meet up on the water. I'll give you a lesson. You'll be casting, hopefully, yeah, in no time. The average John Doe is not going right. to have somebody that's going to have someone. Right. So right. I'm just I'm just trying to appeal to that side okay. of the audience. Yeah. Uh, what's the best way to practice? Okay, best way to practice is if you have a lawn, get out on your lawn, watch a few videos on YouTube, get the rhythm down. Ten and two is too much to go into, right? So get the rhythm down. Keep casting over and over and over. Put out a hula hoop or a bucket or something, a, a target, and just try to get at that target every time. Now, once you get the casting down, you get the rhythm down, start moving distance. Keep moving back, move your target, and keep trying to get to that target. And do it also at different wind conditions, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've gotten to the point where I, I am not an expert, but we are fit where I'm fishing in 20 plus mile an hour winds. Like we're in the Caribbean or we're in the, off the coast of Mexico, and we're fishing out there, and it's serious wind conditions, and you got to know and learn. I didn't just go out there and start casting right away and got into it. I had to learn it. Yeah. I had to get down there and learn it. But again, could practice on the Texas coast. The yeah. other thing, the other thing someone can do, Joey, is find a local fly shop and let them know, hey, I'm looking to do some fly fishing. I'd like to get some lessons. And most fly shops will give a lesson. Yeah, I know the fly trap does. I know Chris yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Like he was uh, a lot more. I mean, he was a little more helpful than you. I sent. Uh, I man, sent I was I was look, in Europe. I was on. in Europe when you texted me, man. Hold on, Joey. Just let me tell you. He told you like, "Hey, come on, like, let's get out. I'll show you some stuff." Da 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 da. <laughs> I sent him some videos of me, he's and lying. he's like, "Here's he's some YouTube videos. You need to watch these." Joey, like, Joey. He wouldn't even. He wouldn't even. He wouldn't even give me no tips. He just said, "Go, go watch these YouTube no, videos." No. But I sent the same thing to Chris, and Chris was like. You need some casting lessons. <laughs> like that was Listen, it. That's all the advice I got. So I really suck if that, Drew, that, was anytime, the, that was the replies I got. Drew, anytime you want to get up at the crack of dawn, which I know you're not going to do, <laughs> and you want to meet me out on the coast, look, look, look at my hands. You are welcome. You're, you're just, welcome to come. <laughs> 
Well, I know, you know, we were joking earlier about the, can I just get one rib? Yeah. How about we meet at like eight, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock? <laughs> I'll meet you at 7, 8 o'clock around October-ish. Yeah, I can do that. That's why I like fishing in the fall so much because yeah. I don't have to wake up I love the fall. I like, love the I fall. Can, I can get up and, and get down there and get to the coast where I can wake up at 4.30 and get there before sunrise. It's just I got to wake up at 2.30 or 3 to make it down there right well, now. Well, come down. We spend sunrise. the night somewhere. We spend the night. Hey, Joey, do you like to go out September, October? Do you get out on the coast around that time? Well, definitely for Heroes on the Water events. Uh, yeah, that for sure. I mean, on your first yeah, pleasure on I, your own. I got that going. I have, you know, some camping trips planned with the wife, but I'm sure I can break away. Good, good. We can coordinate right. something. Don't nobody Bez, get jealous. Besnick, are you <laughs> going to the benefit on September 2nd? Yes. yes. All right. Let's fish before the event. That, that can happen. Let's go tomorrow. Let's go Friday. Let Well, I can't go. Friday. Um, well, I, got, like I still got a job. Show. I got a job. Call um, I'm the boss. I can't call in sick to myself. <laughs> like, I got to find my own coverage. I can't just take off for tomorrow. But anyway, yeah. so we're doing – let's fish before the benefit. Okay. And I know that you will hold me accountable. Do not let me pick up a conventional rod until I catch a fish with the flat rod. If I see a conventional rod on that kayak, it's going over my knee, bro. Oh, I got to bring one. I'll give it to you. I'll let you take it. I'll I let don't you want take it. it. I don't want that junk on my kayak. No way. You know how frustrated <laughs> I'm going to be if there are redfish everywhere and I still can't, like, I just, like, can't get right out there casting. No, 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 no. I can't Trust do it. You I don't catch anything. Drew, listen. You know what I'm gonna start. You know what I'm gonna do if it gets to that point. I'm gonna troll the fly line behind me, <laughs> but so I can hook up with something. A, a, a guard. That's what you can hook up. A, a trout, guard. a guard, or something, so I can catch a <laughs> Look, fish that just, day. It, it, I, let me tell you a great story. I was fly fishing all self-taught. There was no nothing, right? I learned everything by I would buy some books and look at stuff. So I was catching fish after fish after fish, but I was not a confident fly fisherman. I was doubting myself all the time until I went to North Carolina once. I hired a guy, Ken Hardwick, and he goes, what's your hang-up? I said, look, man, I'm not confident in my fly fishing. He goes, all right, I'll, I'll observe you half the day, and I'll let you know. As the day went by, he goes to me, dude, stop being that way. You are an amazing fly caster. You're catching fish left and right. There's nothing for you to be uh, you know, doubting yourself, right? So I started building more confidence. And as I build more confidence in my casting and fishing, I got a little cocky. No, I'm just joking. No, but but it builds you up, right? The more you're confident about it, the more you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to get it. I'm, and I'm going to master it. I'm going to try. And all of a sudden, your mindset, so it's all about your mindset. Even with fly fishing, imagine it. And even fishing, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And then, and then once you hit that point, that's when you start getting bougie. You start getting like the glow, like uh, you know. You get a glow. It's like oh. <laughs> you are the last track. I am the bougie. Yeah, so maybe it... that's my problem. Maybe I <laughs> no. Need to, you gotta be. Maybe confident. I need. Uh, maybe I need to hire a guy that's gonna boost me up, and not guys that I go fishing with that are gonna I tell can me tell how much you who I to suck. go with. I can tell you who to go with. Who? Oh, okay. So there's two guys right now off the top of my head, close by you. And one of them is Matt Simpson, and the other one is Gabriel Rivas. Two guys 
that are so damn fishy, it'll make the fishiest, the fishiest person look not fishy. And, you know, I, I checked out Gabe on Ram Show. Uh-huh. Um, check out Spool Life Live for that. Yeah. When you told me that he was a younger guy and everything, I was kind of, I was like, man, I don't know. You know, yeah. some of these younger guys in the fishing industry, like, they think they know everything. Oh, no, but, not these guys. But then when you get them talking, you can tell how much that they don't know or yeah. that they're not willing to say that they don't understand right, right. you know what i mean like they they're just really me, really know-it-alls i was very impressed with his interview like i hate to say someone's well-spoken because that's i think that's just he's soft-spoken very clear yeah, he's very yeah he was very elegant in the way that he was explaining stuff and you can tell like he he's really understands it yeah. whenever he was asked a question he's answering the question he's not answering you know, just regurgitating something he's heard prior. Or something no, like no, that. no, I was no. Really impre- I was really impressed with him. He's not spreading doo-doo. And let, let me tell you something about Gabriel, and then let me tell you something about Matt. So I've been out with Gabriel before, and he's very like, Nick, 11 o'clock, 30 feet, there's a redfish going to the left. Boom, boom, boom. And he is so calmly calling it out that everything's going in slow motion, right? Now, you can be a guy who shots out, 11 o'clock, 30 feet, you know, you have to have experience to keep up with a guy like that. But because I know that he takes out inexperienced clients too, but his method is very calm, very collective. And let me tell you, his instruction is impeccable. Now, Matt Simpson, I uh, went out with him not too long ago and I took my 14-year-old son. Matt brought a conventional rod for him, a spin rod. And I was listening to Matt explain everything to my son i just sat down and didn't even say a thing it was absolutely amazing and my son absorbed everything that guy said everything matt said everything so you you said you you took a guide out yeah um in north carolina yeah and you're talking about two guys that you've been out and fished with here right if you're going to have a guide for fly fishing mm-hmm. i've heard on other other shows and when we interviewed chris he suggested the day before to try to get a casting lesson with that guide or you know just something that when you you feel a little bit more confident on the boat yeah. with the casting but what <laughs> should you expect that's different from like a regular guided trip whenever you're going out with a fly a fly guide well, well, are they still supplying rods and reels? Oh, and yeah, everything, everything. Else, or do you want to bring your own fly gear? You can bring your own fly gear if you have it. Like, you just bought a rod and you want to learn on it, right? You bring your rod, you bring your gear. Great. Those fly guys always have gear, always. So, <clears throat> you'll get on a boat, and the first the guide will usually, from what I know from Gabe and Matt, let's just use those two guys because yeah. I've been in contact with them recently. They'll talk to the client prior. Okay. What's your weakness? How long have you been casting? Hey, I'm brand new to this. Okay, now we get you on the water. We're going to have some work to do. Let me show you. The first 30 minutes is probably showing that fisherman a technique, how to cast, positioning of the rod. You know, when you set, don't trot set. Don't pull the rod behind your shoulder. You're going to do a strip set, keep your rod low and pull the line to the side, whatever it may be. That guide is going to make sure he's doing everything in his power to have that 
fishermen succeed in catching a, a fish and learn. Every time you go with a guide, you should be learning hands down. If you're not learning from that guy, don't go with that guy. Don't ever hire him again. And it, it should be something to do with your cast and your technique. Everything. Like you, you've got to be open to not learning. criticism, but you got to be open to learning yeah. from, from those guys as, I mean, it may be a little bit different on conventional gear because a cast is a cast uh, a hook set is a hook set like right. you you may learn to read the water a little bit differently you may learn while you're why you are fishing certain areas right a little bit more where on the fly side you may learn a little bit more about the technique and yeah. and actual you know the little nuances of fly exactly. fishing yeah. compared to there's so other, much, other ways of fishing. There's so much. There's the cast. There's the line tension. There's this. There's so much that goes into it, right? So it's a bunch of things that go into one to make it happen. Like for example, um, when you go, I go to Mexico. I fish with these guys. I know the guys. No matter how good you are, there's always going to be some say. Hey Nick, next time you cast, do this and oh God, hey thanks man, that's gonna help. You know, the wind's blowing. This is happening. You're on the coast with Matt. Hey, Nick, take your rod. Get it lower down. Keep your low down. Uh, keep your rod down low when you cast and not high because the fish can see the rod going in the air, swinging in the air, right? Tarpon fishing, keep your rod down. Bone fishing, keep your rod down low so they don't see that rod going up and down. They will see it. So oh, wow. different techniques. And again, I don't care how good you are. There was a guy when I first went to Mexico with a group of seven guys. I may have told you a story, but I'll tell it again. This is one guy. He was like 80 years old. His name is Woody. Still alive, still fishes like an animal. He gets on the bow, and the guide is uh, trying to tell him, hey, boom, boom. Woody turns around and tells the guys, he goes, shut the F up. He goes, I was fishing before you were born. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> the guide raised goes, okay, for the rest of the trip, he didn't tell me anything. But Woody was also not as successful as the other guys that were fishing. Because <laughs> he didn't listen, old he didn't stubborn listen. old man. He's stubborn old man. He's like, I ain't listening to you. I was fishing when the earth was created. <laughs> you know? But no matter how good you are, we no matter what's going on. Back then. Yeah. <laughs> take instruction from a guide. Keep learning. I'm always learning something new. There's different casts. There's always something to learn. I don't care how long. I've been fishing for almost 30 years. And I'm still learning, and I so love it. Do you get the same? Uh, do you get the same jollies from conventional gear catching a redfish as you do from the fly, or is it a different feeling to it, you? It, it, look, seeing a tailing fish or tailing redfish, for example, still to this day, a couple weeks ago, I went out and I saw, it and my knees are like my hands are, you know, no matter what. But there's something about fly fishing and presenting that fly to that fish and getting him to eat it right conventional i still i still shake it doesn't matter because i do take a conventional out a rod out if i'm practicing for a tournament or something or it's going to be really windy i will take a conventional rod i have one so again uh i will i i do get excited no matter what but there's something about for example imagine taking a fly and catching a six foot tarpon opposed to a conventional rod casting it out there and just reeling it in for a tarpon. Just imagine that. It's mind-blowing. Is it just the degree of difficulty? Yeah. That, that, yeah. that is I that much more of a reward compared yeah, it is. to yeah. if you're, you're using spinning gear? Yeah. You're, you're, you're actually speaking for me. I like that because I can't get my words out. But 
the better the the bigger and the most the bigger the challenge the more difficult it difficult it is the more i want to do it and you not getting your words out like you're really choked up if you're not talking can i tell you something i've been going like an animal Look, this you've week been telling week, us something like, for 46 minutes go ahead keep on going brother listen so anyway uh, yeah, so I get excited for both, but there's just something about having that level of difficulty. You're in the wind, you're casting out a fish, you're trying to get your fly out there, and everything's just, it's got to work right just to get it. You know, that's it. So, See, and I'm, re I'm ready for that next level because yeah. I started out with shrimp, dead shrimp, then I moved to lures, and then I, not that I look down on the folks that use oh, no. shrimp or dead shrimp. It, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever everybody, yeah. uh, you know, whatever it is for everybody. But for me, like using lures and a conventional, you know, uh, you know, spinning rod is what I spinning, you know, it's what I use. So, but now I'm ready to move up to the next level. And that's why I started reaching out to you, Nick. Um, yeah. I'm ready for the next level. I just want to make it that much more challenging. <sighs> And that's what it's about, man. It's about that challenge because, you know, have you ever fished? Answer me honestly. Have you ever fished and you just got, okay, it's just now. I'm catching fish. I'm catching fish. And it just gets to the point where mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just catching a lot of fish. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and, and in fly fishing, I've caught, uh, I mean, I remember going out one day and I caught 60 redfish. No joke. I'm not trying to make friends with nobody, right? Yeah. I, I caught 60 redfish and, and it was just one of those days where, I could not stop. I just, no matter where I went in the water, I wasn't sitting once, I was going all over the place. There's just redfish everywhere, right? Hey, I better make a day of this. I don't know where I'm coming back out. But, uh, you know, you just got to challenge yourself. You got to get out there. You got to push it. Is that fish over there going to eat my fly? And I better present it right or he's not going to touch it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's a natural progression. Um, mm -hmm. Joey, you were talking about fishing bait and how you're not talking down or anybody that's, that's right. fishing bait. No, or goes absolutely out. not. I think there is a very different mindset between fishermen who fish bait. They just want to go catch fish. They want to just get some fish to take home and eat. Like, yeah, they, yeah. it's it. They, that's their escape to get away. And then there's the guys who mainly throw artificials and stuff. They're there for the challenge. Uh, they're there to continually challenge themselves to catch catch fish and, and trick fish and find fish, and then you get into the fly fisherman, which is a it's it's a complete new level of challenge for them as well. And then I think there's also guys like me who, okay, we've been out there fishing, catching a redfish isn't as exhilarating as it used to be we've done tournaments like we've had some success at tournaments that's that's another transition from you're just fishing to tournament fishing um you're just fishing to just using artificial baits you're just fishing to fly fishing um there's a lot of different pathways that you can go and i think another one is like you get out there you're, you've done all the fishing you did everything you suck at fly fishing, so now you take up photography <laughs> and you, you start taking <laughs> pictures of people with fish, and that's where I'm at. Or you've gotten so good fly fishing that you take up photography. And I'm not joking, guys. You see this in the industry all the time. 
And then after you take up photography <laughs> and you need another challenge, that's when some people start to guide. So you usually see a lot of guides who are good with photography. They're good with fly. They're good with conventional and they're good with guiding because I think you see that progression all the time, all the time. And I'm, I'm just at the here point the where I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun taking pictures of other people because I can't throw the fly rod. So well, there, there, that's, there, that's where I'm at. There's nothing better. And I just had this conversation with somebody today. There's nothing better than being on a boat with your buddy or on a kayak, watching your buddy hook up on a fish, pull out that damn phone and just start video picture as much as you can. I love capturing action shots with my buddies catching stuff. I get excited when my buddies catching. I mean, it's like you're there together, you're hanging out, you're stalking the fish. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just awesome. My buddies, like my brother though, like they just, they pull out their potatoes and start taking video and pictures and everything else of me. It, they're horrible. They're bad. Like, was, they're bad. I've got some reels, guys. Go look at my reels of the differences between the pictures I take of my brother and the yeah. ones that he takes of me. They're horrible. Like I was, I, mean, uh, I was talking to uh, Brandon Moon with Moonlit Fly Fishing today, and we were we were actually talking about this because uh, we do some stuff where I go out and we do like with Reggie, Reggie Chopper. Yeah, for I example. was gonna say I need to have a friend like I need to fish with Ben. Maldonado more often, and oh, I need to go fishing God, with Chopper more is. often because those guys can take yeah. pictures. Ben and freaking Reggie, and, and Reggie. So I, I worked a deal with Reggie and, and Moonlit to where we went out, we took some shots from Moonlit fly fishing uh, a few weeks ago, and so I was talking to Brandon about doing more trips and doing more photos, and talking about hey, let's get somebody to come on the trip who can take really professional photos. I was like, I'm down for that. You, you want those photos, too. You want to see them, you know, after you catch a, a really nice fish or something. You just want to see those super action shots. And these guys got talent, man. Uh, Reggie's like, forget it. He's got amazing talent. I want something so bad that I can put up in my office, but yeah. I don't even want to use it as, like, my background picture on Facebook, much less blow it up to put it in my office. I need to go fishing with Reggie. That's what yeah, I need Reg to do. I need Reggie's to get with Ben and go fishing yeah. with Reggie. Ben is like, God, man, that guy's next level stuff. Those two guys. Ben's got some good stuff. But before we get out of here, um, we talked about how we're going to go fishing on the second uh, before the Heroes on the Water event. Joey, go ahead and, and, and pull it up. You made a post the other day. Whenever you came on the show, you didn't have everything that you guys are raffling off. But now... Dude, you've got some stuff that I cannot wait to buy. Wait, so can we win? Like, can anybody win? If I buy raffle tickets, can I win? Absolutely. So Sweet. I'm going to buy some raffle tickets because yeah, you've got some stuff on that list that I want. Yeah, so raffle tickets are going to be going on sale very soon. Uh, the event is on uh, September 2nd, Saturday. We're going to be down at Matagorda Outfitters. And so many generous individuals and companies have donated raffle items. Uh, thanks in large part to a lot of the Heroes on the Water volunteers and just general people that love our cause. Some of the raffle items that will be available are an AR-10 from Aura Tactical, the New Canoe Frontier 12, a uh, fishing kayak from Mariner Sales, a, oh, wow. cust 
a custom fishing rod, which is going to be red, white, and blue from David's Tackle. Uh, Bayou Boys is donating a $50 gift card. Hometown Metalworks, a Texas fishing sign. Actually, they're donating like six signs. Um, and I won't go through the entire list, but I will tell you there are 20 items right now. Uh, Turner Rod Company. Uh, Drew, do you know who Turner Rod Company is? I don't know who that guy is. I heard yeah. it's good looking, though. Well, they're donating a custom fishing rod with the Heroes on the Water theme. So there are so many items that have just flooded, absolutely flooded in uh, in the last couple days. It It's absolutely amazing. Um, I think we got a couple more, Joey. Uh, today we got a commitment from, can I say it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we got a commitment from uh, Billy Gerke from Forever Last. I think also line cutters, we got a commitment from them. We, we got something to go pick up from them. And also, big shout out to my boy, Alban Kasapi with Black Eagle Tactical makes custom blades. And the blade he donated, oh my God, that thing is stunning work. I got it. Work. I got it in the mail two days ago. He express shipped it. And Man. I looked at it and I was like, wow, this he thing is, is amazing. He is awesome. I bought I bought so many blades from that guy. He is absolutely is amazing at what he does. Joey, yep. I need to see a picture of that. I like oh, I like I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I, yeah, I you'll see it. Drew, yeah. when you see that thing, forget it. He does handcrafted customized blades. And it's just amazing work. Yeah, like and so that. why are we why are we having the benefit? We're having the benefit to be able to acquire additional resources for Heroes on the Water. The Matagorda chapter, and what are those resources? Well, we want to get two pedal kayaks for those veterans who may not be able to paddle as well. So we want to get two pedal kayaks. We also want to make our uh, other kayaks better. We have ten uh, RS one seventeen kayaks right now, bona fides, and we want to make our entire fleet RS. 117 bonafide kayaks so that will be 15 yeah. kayaks that we have we also need some floating nets and some paddle leashes and various things like that but you know it all of this is just to make uh the experience for the veterans first responders and family members who go out there kayak fishing with heroes on the water in the matagorda chapter that much more an enjoyable experience on the water so last year was our first annual event uh, Matagorda Outfitters uh, put on the event for us. Thomas Davis, the owner of Matagorda Outfitters, was so gracious and allowed us to uh, host the event there. And we're having it again, our second annual. And it's September 2nd on Saturday. And raffle tickets will go on sale very, very soon. I'll put all that out on social media. Drew, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, no, I, I'm excited about it. I'm sitting here looking at the blank that I'm going to build. Uh, build on dude this is gonna be a sweet rod i'm i'm doing a snake skin on oh. like a coral on a coral with some uh some composite grips and it's gonna have paddlefish heel on there like it's gonna be sweet damn I, that's i'm, awesome. I'm excited yeah i'm excited to build this one because it whoever wins this rod you are not gonna see another rod like it like you're just not gonna see anything and it's gonna be available there it's gonna be finished it's gonna be ready for you to take home and look i love the snake skin because it's different and it's very different and this is like i'm gonna give whoever gets it an actual piece of the skin so they can hold it and be like oh crap this is like legit snake skin that he put on here <laughs> yeah like, but the raffle prizes the, the raffle prizes this year are blowing away the raffle prizes from last year we have an oh, a yeah. 
We oh a- man, that's we good to AR- hear. We have an AR-10 from Ore Tactical in Needville. We have a new Jeez. canoe, Frontier 12 kayak from Mariner Sales. Ding! Love Mariner wow. Sales. Yes, and that that Frontier that Frontier is going to be perfect for someone who wants to get out there and start fly fishing as well. Because yeah. it's a big open deck in the front as well on those yep. on the new canoe. Thirty kayak right there. Yep. And I'll I'll have my uh I'll have my unlimited out there, um with the with the NK and everything souped up for Mariner sales. So if you guys want to see any of my kayaks, I'm sure Besnick's. He said he he may be able to be there. You can check out a links or something. I'm sure, bro staff. If you show up. I mean, I think it starts at 10-ish, yeah. 10-ish, 10-ish is when you're going to yeah. start. That's perfect timing. Get down there, butt crack at dawn, fish till 9.30, go over to Poca Playa, get some oh, breakfast perfect. or something, walk over to the Benefit, perfect. hang out, have a couple cold beverages. I think there's a, like a daiquiri place that's right there. There is. There's there the Dak Shack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Dak Shack's right there. Come hang out, win some prizes. The Paddler's Playbook will be doing a live episode from the loft right there at uh, Matagorda Outfitters. And I might, I'm trying to decide, I need to talk to some people, but in the the beginning of this, I talked about there's going to be some big, huge news coming from the Paddler's Playbook. I might announce it there. I haven't decided yet. I still got to check with some people and some stuff. I, I think you guys, you you two already know. So that's I don't know gonna anything. Make, that's going to make it even I don't worse. Know what you're talking about? Never heard. Of that's going to make it even worse for the people listening uh, to try to figure out what what's going on and what the what the yeah, big news yeah. is. The only thing I said during the opening is if you love this show and you love redfish content, you are yeah. going to be really excited about what's happening in the future with the paddlers playbook i just but, think i just think that <clears throat> i think there's some really good stuff coming i'm pulling and, up my mute but <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to say something so I, can, I, I, was, so I, can, I, I was waiting for you to drop the bomb boom <laughs> i'm mute now, i'm muting you out i think but, yeah there, there's some exciting there's some stuff, stuff coming. coming up yeah yeah, yeah. Well, before we get out of here, Marsh Ninja, you wanna you wanna thank anybody else? You already, I think you you did an awesome job of working in the people that you work with. I didn't work non, anybody in. Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying in a non in a non pluggy way. Yeah, you worked, yeah. You worked in Cortland. <laughs> you worked in Moonlit Fishing. Is there anybody else Mo- you want to Mo- talk about or think? We we already talked about real sportswear like anybody anybody else that you work with you well i said jay wood fly fishing check him out if you're interested in looking at his flies he not not only does it he tie the scimitar series he can tie anything he's tying nymphs and dry fly all kinds of stuff um there's Cortland line oh i mean that's 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 pretty much it that's pretty much it but i do want to say one thing on, on here joey joey gremlin yes sir thank you so much for getting a hold of me that time and asking me if I could be a part of Heroes on the Water because that's one of the most amazing things I've been a part of in anything I've done. I'm going to tell you right here, right now. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. And um, the only reason our chapter exists, Nick, is because of people like you. I appreciate that. If if you guys, if the Nicks of the world uh, did not come out and volunteer their time, we would not be able to exist and we would not be able to take out these amazing veterans 
first responders and their family members kayak fishing. So, yeah, you're thanking me, but brother, I'm thanking you. So I appreciate you, brother. And let yeah. me tell you, being around those vets and those first responders is an experience that, man, it's just next level stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff. Appreciate it. Get you guys a room. <laughs> we got one right here. Look, we got three rooms. <laughs> we, we've made we've made connections. Oh, uh, Nick, before we get yeah. out of here, I yeah. just wanted to tell you. Um, so if we if we go out and we do this fishing, are we going to get a room at the Fisherman's Motel? Yeah, there yeah absolutely. In, yeah, in we Matagorda. Could. Although I live like an hour away, yeah, I'll do it Dude, for you. <laughs> those are the worst beds ever. I'm sorry. No, they're not. No, oh, no. We got the one with the three beds. They were so loud. There I was disagree. a chicken that just wouldn't get off our air conditioner. I have, I have never. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I have never had a bad experience at that motel. No, no, it was it was very clean. It was. We very, actually wrote an clean. article about it in the uh, um, Southwest Fly Fishing magazine. I had yeah. John Wood come down and and he was super impressed. Maybe you got that one room, that like base motel room. You know, it's like poltergeist possessed. I, I, but I think it was. I really, I the really one in the do corner, think it was number sixteen. That's the one you got. That's the bad one. Oh yeah, we were we were in the corner right there, right yep, there in the yep. corner. That was so, the that was the yeah. One. So let let's plan it out. Let's plan out staying there, and um, we'll get up the next morning super early, get out there fishing, then go to the event. Saturday, September second, at Matagorda Outfitters. We'll be there. Come, all right, come, guys. Come meet everybody. Come meet there all the go. cast of characters here. I think the last three people I've had on the show are going to be there. So Joey, uh, Matt from Empty Stringers, Besnick yeah. will be out there. Yeah. So you guys can put uh, put faces with uh, with the voices that you hear here on the and, Playbook. And real quick, uh, Facebook Heroes on the Water is Matagorda chapter, right? Absolutely. Yep. And yeah. if you want, if you want to see, I've I've pinned the uh, post with all of the raffled items that have been donated if yeah. you want to check that out look up me joey grimland on uh facebook and i i just keep updating it every time somebody donates something i update it so just check it out thanks yeah, guys or just head on over to the redfish network he's gonna he's gonna post it up in the redfish network too yeah i'll, I'll share, yeah, I'll share I'll it that in too. there thanks, yeah check Drew. out the red the redfish network facebook page yeah. uh follow the paddlers playbook on instagram check out all of our sponsors mariner sales galveston redfish series and real sportswear we hope to see you guys september 2nd if you guys didn't know it's september 2nd and if you like really want to come out it's september 2nd so we will be there september 2nd in matagorda outfit. 10 o'clock 10 o'clock if you guys didn't know and if you want to have a little mini bro staff meetup uh hit us up on the instagram or the redfish network and maybe we can have a little mini meetup there in matagorda have some fun but, all right guys it's time to get out of here Kalof Shemir. Peace. Peace. Peace.